Welcome to the Landmark Church Weekly Podcast. And there are things in relationship to this fear that you and I have to recognize. That if you trust in God and let Him be your guide and strength, you won't have that fear. And your fear is in relationship to your trust. As your faith in God gets stronger, your fear dissipates. And as your faith in God gets weaker, your fear arises. You want to have fear dissipated and removed? Then you rise up and hold up the name of the living God and look to Him to undertake for you, and He will. It's our faith that brings victory. It's our faith that casts out fear and enables us to put our trust in the blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We will worship the man of Galilee who went to a cross 2,000 years ago. And no one can take his place. No one will intercede or interfere. We will not permit it. So it is we have faith without fear. Amen. Good morning, Landmark Church. How are you doing today? Amen. So good to see you. Glad to have you with us. If you're a first-time guest, and uh, we just want to thank you for being here. Maybe you're here seeing someone be baptized. We want to just welcome you today, and I hope you make yourself at home here at our church, and we're just honored that you would choose uh, to worship with us today. I want you to help me celebrate. Last week in Easter, we had three services. We had the parking lot service. We had uh, two services inside. But we saw 18 people raise their hands to come to know Jesus. Let's celebrate that. Amen. That's what it's about. It's about seeing lives changed and people transformed by the power of the gospel. And so we're so honored to be a part of that today. And once again, thank you for being here. I want to jump right into our sermon series. I know you've been standing this morning, but we like to stand to honor the reading of God's word. So if you would stand with me this morning to turn to Psalm chapter 27. And for the next few weeks, we want to talk about what does it mean to live a life of faith over fear? That if we're not careful, fear can enter into our life. And how do we Learn to live a life of faith. And so this morning I want to read to you from Psalm chapter 27, verse 1. Psalm 27 and verse 1. If you have it, say amen. If you need a minute, say hold up, preacher. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Would you hold this up if you got a Bible? Just repeat this after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to be taught the indescribable, incorruptible, 
Mountain moving. Devil chasing. Chain breaking. God, in Jesus' name, I will never be the same. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Father, today for the life you have called us to live. And I just pray as we leave here, not only with the excitement of seeing people come to follow you and make this decision of baptism, but also in our own life, just confident that you are with us. That today we can choose to live a life of faith. That we can choose to live a life of not allowing our fears to dominate us, but instead be everything you have called us to be. We thank you for this time together. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people together said, amen. Look at somebody and say, you're the best looking thing I've seen all day and you may be seated. We'll have an altar call for repentance later for anybody that felt like they had to lie. So, just kidding. Fear is an interesting thing. When I was growing up, we had these shirts. I remember going to the mall and looking at the, you know, the, the young men's part of the section of the mall, and you had these shirts called No Fear. No Fear. They had all kinds of sayings. Some of them I can't say from the pulpit, but anyway, they were just No Fear shirts. My mom's like, you're not buying that one. Like, yes, ma'am, I know. But the truth is, fear is not totally all a bad thing if we understand how we define those terms. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there's this aspect of fear that we have a holy reverence for certain things, that we have a, a caution about certain things, that even though I have a relationship with God, he's my father, I don't just flippantly go into his presence like he's just anybody and demand certain things and act like I can talk to him anyway. He is holy. There is nobody else like him. And because of that, I am careful that when I go into the presence of God, I understand I have a reverence for him. But even in a, in a psychological term, in a practical sense, I want my 15 or 16 now month old son to have a certain reverence for certain things. I don't want him to run up and put his hand on top of a stove and burn his hands. I want him to have a reverence that I'm not going to go near that. My mama told me growing up, she said, fear kept you from doing a lot of bad things. She said, it wasn't just your raising. It, part of it was you were just scared of the consequences and you kept out of doing it. There's a, a reverence. But when the Bible talks about fear, that I will fear no evil, when it talks about the understanding of fear, even in this passage, what David and the writers of the Bible are talking about is the kind of fear that paralyzes us. The kind of fear that gives us anxiety. The kind of fear that puts us in a place where we can't be everything God wants us to be because we realize that we are scared of what that looks like. We're scared of that next step. And because of that, we sit here and don't do the things God has called us to do because we live in fear, fear of failure, fear of people finding out things. Whatever it is, we have fears in our life. And I believe we are not called to live by that kind of fear. Instead, we are called to live a life that God has called us to live that is different than that. Amen? And so we understand today, we are called to be people of faith. So David today is talking. And, and he's talking and he's doing something. We actually talked about this in our last Connect group. It was brought up. But David is doing what, I, what we call self-talk. He's talking to himself. Let me just encourage you. I'm an, I was raised an only child. My, I have three stepsisters now, but I was raised as an only child. And so I had many conversations with myself. The, the times that they got scary is when I answered myself out loud, okay? 
People worried about me a little bit during those times. But the truth is, all of us have to have those kind of conversations. The Bible says when David was in Ziglag, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. That in that moment, everybody else was mad at him. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. There are times in our life we need to have those moments where we sit down and talk to ourselves and we say, you know what? You're not going to live by fear. You're not going to live with constant worry. But instead, you know God is with you. And that is exactly what David is doing in Psalm 27. David had every reason in the natural to fear in his life. He had a reason to fear for his own life. Saul came after him through a javelin one time at him, was always trying to get him because of the jealousy he had toward David. David had to run from his own son Absalom because Absalom was trying to overtake the throne. And David went from caves and hiding and running and he knew what it was at times in his life to live with fear of other people. But in Psalm 27, he holds his head up high and he begins to not speak fear, but he begins to speak faith. And he says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When everybody came against me, my enemies and my foes, they came to eat me up and kill me. I realized one thing. I had confidence in one thing. Not confidence in myself. Not confidence in my flesh. But I had confidence that God is with me. And listen to me, that is speaking faith over your situation. Amen? The Bible says, Hebrews 11, a lot of us know this, that Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance in the Greek is hypostasis, and it literally means to stand under. It means to stand under. So in other words, the reason I have hope today is because what gives me hope is that I have faith in God. I am not standing under nothing. I am standing under God's word. I am standing under who God is. And I began to understand my life. As I stand under, the lights are flipping back and forth on me for some reason. You can't see me. Have no fear. Amen. Just turn all the lights on. It's okay. So no fear of the dark. Let's turn all the lights on today. Just flip all the lights on, if you will. Thank you. Okay. Let me say that again. Those of you watching online and around the world, just kidding. We did have technical difficulties. The word there, hypostasis, means to stand under. And so I begin to live a life where I understand, think about those words, I understand because of what I am standing under. I am not standing under nothing, I am standing under the Word of God. I have faith today, not faith in my ability, not faith in my circumstances, I have faith that God is with me and that no matter what the enemy tries to do, do you realize today the Bible says the enemy comes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In other words, there are people he can devour, and he's looking for those. But if there are those he can devour, that means there are those he can't devour. And I want to be among those that he can't devour because I am standing on God's word, and I don't let the enemy devour me because instead of operating in fear, I am operating in faith, realizing that God is for me and he's not against me. Amen? So the Lord is my light and my salvation. And I realize that faith is the substance of things hoped for. That I am standing on God's word. I am stepping out in faith and I'm believing that. But why could David be that confident? Because of what he said next. One thing I've desired of the Lord. 
Think about that. We all desire a lot of things of the Lord. But David said, I've narrowed down my focus to one thing that I've desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Listen, when I was a kid, I'm a preacher's kid, so I grew up in church. I mean, I was there when the doors were open, even when the doors weren't open, okay? I knew the windows to break into to get in the church whenever somebody was locked out, okay? We always had that one window we could jimmy and get it open. So I was there all the time. But I read this scripture and it scared me. One thing I desire to the Lord, that was I think that will be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I was thinking, Lord, I'm here enough. I don't want to be here all the days of my life. Could I have a few days off? But you have to understand what David is saying. David's not saying I want to be in church every day. Whenever in that time, the presence of God was in the tabernacle. And so if you wanted to be close to the presence of God, you would go there to be close to God's presence. But I'm so glad that 2,000 years ago, not only did Jesus die and he rose again, but 50 days later we'll celebrate in a few days, in a, in a, in a little while on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. That the power of God and the Spirit of God began to indwell people. And now I don't have to come to church just to experience the presence of God. I come here and I do experience it. And I get to experience it with my brothers and sisters. And I get to be a part of a corporate anointing that takes place. But the truth is, I can experience Experience the presence of God riding out here down the road. I can experience the presence of God in Walmart, and half the time I need the presence of God in Walmart, amen. I can experience the presence of God wherever I go because I realize his presence is with me. What David was saying is one thing I want more than anything else. I just want him. I want to be close to him. If I can be close to him, then everything else is going to be okay. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I may be with him all the days of my life and to realize that I am in his presence. I am walking in his presence on a daily basis. Amen. So David said, this one thing I want is to be with him. Why? Because what happens when you're with, with God? Two things happen. Number one, when you're with God, there is divine protection. This doesn't mean that bad things never happen to good people. I don't mean that. But I'm telling you this. I believe that when we're in him and we're, we're, when we're with him, even though we don't understand everything that goes on, I do believe that he protects us and he is with us. And David said, for in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. I believe that what happens when I'm with him, that he protects us. When I was a kid, we came out here to Oklahoma. I grew up in Mississippi. For those of you who don't know my story, and I, we come out to Oklahoma to visit my grandmother in Stratford, Oklahoma, every Christmas and every, or every summer and every Christmas. My vacations weren't Disney World. My vacation was Stratford, Oklahoma, and uh, I love Stratford, but it's not Disney World. No, just kidding. <laughs> and then we'd go to Denver, Colorado for Christmas with my mom's family. But we'd come out here, and, my, and I remember one year, me and my dad and his brother, youngest brother, and two cousins, and my grandma decided to go out and look for arrowheads in this field. So we're in this field looking so we're looking down walking and there's a trail there we're not paying attention and all of a sudden and this wasn't this is actually in a wooded area I say a field but it was a wooded area and there was a trail and we're looking down and we begin to hear something in the distance and we look up and there's a herd of cattle that is running downhill right toward us now I was a little kid so now that I'm older and I've been around cattle it maybe not was as scary as it was it but I was about seven years old and all we saw was all these cows Literally, I don't know if the, if, if the farmer was down, a ways down, 
because I don't know whose land this was. I don't know if he had food out, but these, I mean, these cows were running downhill full speed ahead coming right at us. And in that moment, I want you to know fear gripped us. We began to run as fast as we could away from them. And as we're running away from them, trying to get away, my cousin falls down. I'll never forget, my uncle grabs him up, picks him up, and we're running full speed. My grandmother's probably at this time in her, in her mid-60s, and she's running as fast as she can. She has an umbrella in her hand. I'm not sure why. Maybe it had been raining earlier, but my grandma's running with an umbrella. And we get to a place where the trail went off this way or went straight, and so we took off to the left. And then we were boxed in by a fence, and the cows are running down. But then all of a sudden, some of them turn our direction. And so we're hurrying as fast as we can. You know, Bob wire fence. You're trying to lift your leg up, trying to get everybody through there, and then, you know, help my grandmother through. And we finally get everybody through, and we look up. Some of those cows have stopped at the fence, and they're looking right at us. And my grandmother grabs that umbrella, pops one of them on the head, and says, Nana, Nana, boo, boo, we beat you. Now listen, she wasn't that confident when we're running. But all of a sudden, that fence was there, she's behind it, and she had some confidence in her. Listen to me, intimacy breeds confidence. And when I'm in Christ, there is a confidence that I have that I don't have apart from being in Christ. David says, I want to be in him. I want to be with him. Why? Because when I'm with him in the times of trouble, he hides me in his pavilion. All these things may go on around you, and you may feel the trouble even on the inside of you, but you recognize God is with me. I have divine protection today that God is going to be around me. He's going to surround me even in difficulty. No matter what the doctor says, God is going to be with me. No matter what my friends say, God is going to be with me. No matter what my job says, God is going to be with me. I have divine protection because I am with him. He has hidden me in his pavilion and the storms may rage all around me, but I am going to be confident in him because I am with him and because of that I know he is with me. Amen? And the second thing, not only do we have divine protection, but then secondly, we have divine promotion. He says, he shall set me high upon a rock. That's a military term. David was a, not only a king, he was a general. And he knew what it was to go into battle. And if you're in battle, you understand you like to have the high ground. If you have the high ground, you can oversee everything. If you have the high ground, you can see what's going on. You don't want to be down there. People can take shots at you. You want to be on the high ground so that you can see everything that's happening. And David said, when I am with him, not only does he protect me, but he promotes me. He takes me up to high places, and he sets me on those high places so I can get away from my enemies, and I can see what they want to do to me. And I want you to know today, when you're in Christ. Not only is he protecting you and with you, but I believe God is taking you above your enemies. He is taking you above what the enemy wants to do in your life. He is promoting you to a higher place so you can look down on everything and you can see them for what it really is. Whenever you get that kind of perspective, all of a sudden things change. How many of you know things look tough when you're in the thick of it? But sometimes when you step back and you have a different change of perspective and you see things for what they truly are, then in that moment you have a confidence and David says this God has promoted me he has set me on a high place and because of that I am in him and I am with him amen we have to realize today how do we operate not in fear but out of faith and it's hard to do because if you look around our world right now there are a million things 
that could scare us. If you watch the news today, there's always something going on. There's always bad news. There's always tragedies. And and unfortunately, I'm not going to get into all this today, but unfortunately, the media understands the thing called clickbait, and they understand if they can just get you. There are times I read articles, and I think that has nothing to do with the title. They just got me to click on that article. If we're not careful, we get sucked into a world that is constant negativity. It is constantly trying to drain you. It is constantly trying to worry you. And if we're not careful, we allow anxiety and fear to cripple us. We allow anxiety. Anxiety get to a place where we're anxious about life. We're anxious about tomorrow. We're anxious about what is going on. But there comes a time in your life where you've got to say, enough is enough. I am tired of the fear. I'm tired of living in this place. And I'm at a place in my life where I'm not going to let fear dominate me. But instead, the Word of God is what I'm going to stand on. Instead, I'm going to operate in faith. And I realize God is my light. The word light there means illumination. It means truth. That God is my truth I know what everybody else says I know what the media says I know what the doctor says but I know that I have my I know what God says and whose report are you going to believe today I will believe the report of the Lord his report says I don't have to live with shame and guilt his report says I don't have to live with sickness his report says I don't have to live with all these things going on around me but instead I can trust in him today that God is at work when I cannot see what is happening. Amen? Amen. And at some point in that moment, there becomes something, a confidence that rises up in us. It says in the midst of difficulty, things might not have changed, but I'm still going to trust in Him. Things might not look like I want them to look, but I'm going to trust in Him. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? He is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And when you get to that place, of confidence you realize God is with you that he is for you amen for the worship team will join me at the end of this psalm I've, I've told you this before it's become one of my favorite psalms in the Bible I'm just gonna quote it to you at the end of the psalm toward the end it says this I would have given up hope I would have I would have waved the, the flag and said I'm done I quit I give up Except, I believed I could see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David understood, you know what, I have confidence, but right now I can't see the result that I want. Right now, things aren't turning out the way I want them to. Right now, things aren't happening the way I want them to happen. But the reason I have not given up, the reason I haven't thrown in the towel and say, I quit, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm out of here, the reason I haven't done that is because I still believe I can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I love those words. The land of the living there means, because here, I I was raised, you know, it's like, let's just hold on on earth till we go to heaven. We used to sing, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days and then I'm going to fly away. I used to, when we sang at the old church over there, I would scream, just a few more happy days. Because I don't have to live weary days. I'm not saying life is always going to be flowers and roses and fun. But Lord help, I don't have to walk around just acting like everything's miserable all the time either. Just a few more weary days. No, listen. How about we have a little bit of joy in our heart? 
And I realized that I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to experience heaven on earth. doesn't mean that everything's always going to be great, but it means that, that Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I don't have to sit here miserable, looking like I've been sucking on lemons, mad all the time, until I go to heaven one day. And then I can experience something good. David said, I believe I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, I have hope that I can see the goodness of the Lord right now in this moment. And so because of that, it keeps me going. That I can see now. And it doesn't mean things turn out the way I want it to. But it means God is still good. And I am going to see his goodness unveiled around me. Even though it doesn't always make sense. I know I am confident in his goodness. But it happens because I am with him and around him. The thing I love about David. The Bible the, the Bible's very raw and real. I've said this on Wednesday night. But I'm so glad. If I was writing the Bible, I would have left out half the story. Okay? If I'm writing the Bible, I'm like, that's not, I don't look good in that story. Let's leave that part out. But I'm so glad the Bible didn't do that. And here's David, who didn't always get it right. I mean, he literally had an affair, had the, the, the lady's husband murdered. I mean, that's kind of messed up. But he's called a man after God's own heart. That wasn't God's heart for that to happen. But the reason David was known as the man after God's own heart is because even in those moments, David knew how to repent and he knew how to, knew how to go after God. And David was a person who craved the presence of God. He longed for the presence of God. Matter of fact, in the book of Acts, it says that God is restoring the, the tabernacle of David and that idea of worship, that God is restoring the tabernacle of David, the kind of people that want to be around him and be in his presence. And when you get around God and you get in his presence, all of a sudden you realize in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You realize everything I need for life and godliness are found in Christ. And so when I realize I just need to be around him more, whether that's in church, worshiping with people, or at home in a prayer closet by myself, or going down the road, lifting my hands one at a time if you're driving, please, going down the road and worshiping the Lord, whatever that is, I realize I am in a state of being with him and with I'm with him, everything is different. Amen? So today, I encourage you. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what fear is dominating your life. But I encourage you today to give it to the Lord. Release it to him. And operate in faith. And faith says, I don't see it, but I still choose to believe. Even though I don't see the outcome I want, I choose to trust. And today, I am going to be going after him in the midst of difficulties and problems because I know he is for me. Today, I want you to know this one truth that changes everything. Do you realize today you are just as much loved by God today as you will ever be? You can't do anything to earn God's love. You are as much loved in this moment. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I did last night. I don't care what you did last night. I know that you are just as much loved right now in this moment. You say, I'm not even saved. You know what? You are just as much loved in this moment right now by God as you will ever be. Your goodness, your giving, your serving, none of that stuff earns the love of God in your life. God loves you in an amazing way today. He just wants a relationship with you. God loves you. And he says, you know what? I just want to know you. 
I want, I, I want you to know why you were created. I created you for a purpose and a reason. And I just want you to understand that. And when you begin to understand this relationship with God, that God loves you today. He's not angry at you. Maybe you grew up in a kind of church where you felt like that you were beat over the head with things and that God was always angry at you and mad at you. And I want you to know today, God is not angry. He's not mad. He loves you. He just wants a relationship with you. And when you begin to walk in that, you realize today, no matter what I've done, God is for me. Would you stand up this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you say today, Pastor. This podcast is now over. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future messages.